When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, NFL fans? This is Jeff Hartman, and welcome back to another episode of Opinion or Fact, where, in case it's your first time listening, we take a burning topic or maybe just a topic that we want to discuss and do it more in a short-form show. We're talking about 12 to 15 minutes in length, and we break it down. We typically disagree. Sometimes we agree on certain aspects, but that's the beauty of this show. It's not meant for everyone to agree. And joining me, as always, Wesley Coleman. What's up, Wesley? How are you? Man, I'm amazing. It's, it's September now. We have football in less than a week, like real football, like football Crazy. that counts yeah. um, in less than a week now. Um, I can't believe the offseason's over and I'm just happy that we're we're done with the the all the talk and like, let's get, let's get on the field and see what the teams can put together. Yeah, man, for sure. And, and the thing is, is like, I, I just always tell myself, enjoy it because it's going to be gone like that. Like the season is so short when you look at it and it's just, let's just milk this thing for all it's worth and let's enjoy every second of it, even leading up to games. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Wesley, why don't you tell the listeners not only where they can find you on social media, but also what you do for fans for sports network. Yeah, I'm part of the Dome Patrol podcast. We cover the New Orleans Saints. Um, you can uh, follow the Dome Patrol podcast at uh, on X or Twitter or whatever we're saying now, mm-hmm. but at Dome Patrol PCAST. And then my personal um, Twitter is at Wesley 13 um, Love to interact with you. And uh, even if you're not a Saints fan, we talk about maybe you're going to play against us this year. Come and listen and uh, interact with us. Yeah, for sure. And you can find me at, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Um, I'm one of the directors of the Steel Curtain Network covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. So check us out there as well. Fans for Sports Network is a growing network of podcasts for sure. But what we want to talk about today in terms of you talk about rosters being trimmed this past week from 90 to 53. Some teams did it in kind of like waves. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers did. They released maybe eight on one day, one on the next, and then seven on the other. And then they finished out their cuts before the Tuesday deadline. Uh, A lot of players were unemployed all at the same time, unfortunately. And that's just the way that it works. But then there were some teams that made some decisions that made you think, what are they doing? It, it kind of brings up that the terrible T word. Are they tanking? Uh, are they, are they already throwing in the towel on 2023 and two teams in particular, Wesley got your attention. Who were they and explain yourself? Well, the, the first two that really, I mean, okay. Low hanging fruit. The Arizona Cardinals don't seem to be interested in winning a football no. game this year. I, 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 I mean, I don't even think I don't know if they're hiding it. Like they haven't said the words we are tanking and we want to draft Connor Williams in a few months, but but they're also not saying anything that makes it seem like they want to win football games. Um, the other one that's interesting, and you know, we've talked about the running backs, uh, kind of alluding to the Jonathan T- Jonathan Taylor stuff and how running backs are being devalued, but the Colts don't seem to be Jonathan Taylor's one of the best running backs in football, and they don't seem really be motivated too much to get him back on the field or get much in draft compensation for him I, and without him i'm not sure what their identity is or what their path to winning football games is because anthony richards is exciting but he's not leading a team in his rookie year to, to multiple victories that's just not what he's he's prepared for 
So, so let's let's start with the first team you brought up, the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> the typically on this show, for those that are just now listening for the first time, we like to kind of take a different like, okay, you support this side, I'll support this side, and we'll have a healthy discussion. I can't. I can't. I nope. cannot for the life of me justify how they cut Colt McCoy, who has experience in the system. <laughs> yes, he's a little banged up. They signed Joshua Dobbs. I think they might have traded for him from Cleveland. And he could be the week one starter after not spending a very long, we'll say a couple weeks in the system. You're trading away these valuable assets. And uh, uh, who did they trade to the Giants? His name escapes me. Um, is Isaiah Simmons. Is that yeah, his Simmons. name? For, yeah. Like for a nothing. Six round draft pick. Somebody would have given more for him. You would think. I mean, you would think. I mean, but still, it, this all vibes with the. If Kyler Murray might not even play this year. And if he no, does play this year, playing. if he does play this year, I, you, like you said, they're going to be vying for a quarterback next year. Cause I don't think they're very happy with him as the answer at quarterback. What a horrible contract that was. Wesley, there's no debating that the Cardinals just, they seem to already. And I, I couldn't imagine being a fan of that team and having already feeling like, well, there goes, we have no hope, like no, no hope at all for this season. So here's the question. And so, yes, as a, as a fan, you're going to have a crappy feeling about your team actively tanking. Here's the question, though. If the Cardinals were all in on let's win as many games as we can, how many would they actually win, though? Like, yeah. is this a smart move? So, so some teams, like, you're going out of your way and, like, what are you doing? But is this a, the, the Cardinals might be the number one, the worst team in football trying to win games now they would have had to keep Simmons and keep DeAndre Hopkins who they got rid of even though they don't have salary cap problems it's a, that's a weird weird yeah. one too um I'm not sure how successful they would have been anyway I mean they probably are a th three or four win team even keeping Colt McCoy and trying this other stuff so I I hate it but I'm also like it kind of makes logical sense because they they might already be the worst team in football that is a good debate and and again you know, you see this in, in other sports where they'll just say, you know, forget it. Like this, this season's done. We're just going to kind of roll it up. We'll bring up a lot of players from the minors. We're talking about like major league baseball, things like that. The NFL is typically a different beast, but then you still have the pride aspect of things. And so when we're talking about tanking in this episode, I think back to last year. Okay. Who had the number one overall pick well, it was the Houston Texans, right? Well, what did the Chicago bears do in the final week? to screw their odds of getting the number one overall pick or I'm sorry. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. The Texans won, the Texans not won. the, not the bears. Yeah. The bears had the number one overall pick. So you had this situation where the pride of the, the Texans last year and they win that game, man, the, that, that throws a wrench into tanking because these players, they have a lot to play for still. Yes. The, the team is going to be lousy. It's going to suck. They're playing for their future though. Because it, who knows who the coach is going to be? Who knows who the GM is going to be? You have to go out and impress and try to put your best foot forward. That's why I don't know if tanking ever truly works in the NFL. No, and I'm not a fan of it. And so here, here's the reason why. One, draft picks, number one, number two, number three, none of them are guaranteed. They fail consistently. But bigger than that is there is a culture of losing that takes over your locker room, your coaching staff, your players. It makes you not a, not a destination. But – there is no plan for we do this and then all of a sudden we'll just come back. There are teams that have tried this and have been losers for a decade. And there's no reason to, to think the, 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 the Cardinals are any different or, or the culture of it is. I mean, how many top draft picks have the Browns had? 
and how long have they been virtually terrible? Yeah. Um, it's it's not it's not just an easy um, thing that you get out of once you you get into that losing. And they've had great players. They've they've made some bad draft picks, which again is to the point of it's easy to take number one overall picks that are never going to develop. Um, but I'm I think that you're setting a tone in your locker room that at least the current players aren't going to be. I don't think they can just turn it on and off. Um, same thing with coaches. It's a it's really difficult thing to just be like, oh, we're trying to lose or we don't have the players that are good enough. And then what game plan do you come up with the following year? I, I think the culture of losing is um, doesn't go away as easy as you think just because you have a high draft pick. No, and, and that's why for me, I, I think about it and I think, man, I, I just don't know if in the, in the NFL an organization might make decisions that they're thinking could allude to, you know, success in terms of draft picks. We, we go back to the Miami Dolphins where Brian Flores was – now we don't know if that was true, but I would bet it is pretty true that he was been. They had a an ex- incentive, financial incentive, for him to lose games to try and improve their draft stock. And he's a competitor. He said, "I'm I can't do that. I'm I'm going to try right. to win every game possible." There was some other shady stuff going on in that Miami deal that uh, don't want to get into in this podcast. But still, uh, I, I just think that there's a lot of pride in the NFL organizationally. I get what they're trying to do, but you bring up a great point. I've always said this, whether you're talking about the Steelers in a trade or or any trade that happens and they get draft picks, you still have to hit on the pick. You still have to hit on the pick. I'll give you an example. It's close to home. When the Steelers traded a number one draft pick, a first draft pick to the Miami Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick, everyone said, oh my gosh, that first round pick. That for, the, the picks that they ended up getting for that are not even on their team anymore. It gets insane. Like the first round draft pick that the Miami Dolphins got, which they might have packaged with another trade. We actually tracked it down on our website, steelcurtnetwork.com, and it, they're not even on the team anymore. Think about that. So you have to hit on that pick. So yeah, you said picks one, two, and three are typically, there's a, there's a high probability it's not going to work out. Yep. None of these picks are guaranteed to work out. You got to leverage assets. It's a difficult thing. And so you, you wave the white flag already. I just can't, I just can't imagine doing that. The other thing that equally doesn't always work out is having lots of cap space. So again, going the, we're going to clear all this out and have all this cap space. And next year we're going to have money to spend. Like that also doesn't work um, because you end up overpaying for players because you were a terrible losing team the previous year. And that's the way you get them in and uh, creating the all-star team doesn't, doesn't work. Um, So um yeah, and then, I mean, so that's obviously, this is a lot of it's in general, but, I mean, same thing with the Colts. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is their identity. Um, and them not seeming to be too made, motivated to, one, get him back in. I'm sure he said, here's the number that works for me. Um, and figuring out a way to make that happen at least for one year and then letting him explore free agency the following year. Or trading him for something would seem to make sense when you know like now he's not going to play the first four weeks i mean they equally i I don't see how what their path to winning games is either they were very bad last year there's not a reason to think they'll be better this year without jonathan taylor at all um and so so they they look like they're a team that's kind of uh uninterested in winning too and so here you have this trend of rookie quarterbacks being named starters week one before you know many are probably ready and bryce young cj stroud and anthony richardson what is this going to do to Anthony Richardson? You take away his workhorse running back. Everyone's like, what a great situation. Give it to Jonathan Taylor. Grind it out. He only has to make plays when he has to. 
Well, now it seems like you're putting a heck of a lot more pressure, a lot more responsibility on his shoulders, and that can equate to him struggling early in his career. And that can, that can damage a signal caller in the NFL. We have a laundry list of players that have gone down that road, been asked to do too much too early, and what happened? They ended up fizzling out, and now they're either backups or they're out of the league. I'm not hoping that happens for Anthony Richardson, but it does seems like when you look at him coming out of Florida into this draft, he has a ton of upside, but he also wasn't unbelievably pro-ready in terms no. of accuracy and overall game management. He had a very small sample size. So when you look at the Colts in specifics, man, I see what you're saying. It just seems like maybe they're not tanking, but they're not doing what's best for their team to succeed in any way, shape, or form, especially their rookie quarterback. Well, and that's the, the other thing, not doing what's best for the team, but are they doing what's best for Anthony Richardson at all? Like, no. I mean, uh, how, how many times do we see the guy? Like, I get it. There's times where it makes sense to get early snaps, but when you run someone's confidence and make them wonder, start questioning themselves whether or not this game is right for them, some people don't recover from that. Yeah. Um, and I will throw in a note. There's a third team that could be hiding possible tanking more and less need actually had to answer some questions about whether him and McVeigh were tanking for the Rams because mm. they haven't actively done a lot of stuff. Th the start of this off season, there was a lot of questions about whether Sean McVeigh was going to retire or not. What Sean McVeigh said was, I'm not, haven't made a decision, but I'm not going to deny if you want to interview any of my coaches. What normally <laughs> you kind of, so a lot of his coaches <laughs> got picked without them even like trying to keep them. So yeah. that's, that was a weird move. But besides, you know, we'll see how healthy Matt Stafford is and how long of a season he can play. Besides him, Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup are kind of their, their players. Yeah. And those two guys aren't winning games by themselves. Now, having said that, the Rams, most people wouldn't believe this, they still have a first-round draft pick next year because <laughs> yep. they seem to don't care about picks and trade them all. And they have a ton of cap space next year. So that's a team that maybe is doing a little bit better job. And again, Les Eagles, we're not tanking. We're retooling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, neither one of those words means we're trying to win as many games as possible and host the playoff game. Um, yeah. So um, they may be doing a smarter job about it um, and actually may have a base of a, of a team that you could see coming out of it quicker. Unlike, I mean, the Colts and Cardinals that still have, even if they have the number one overall draft pick, have a ton of problems. Well, and Matthew Stafford, his wife's podcast is saying that he has to write down these players' names to try and learn who they are. He doesn't even know these guys. He's throwing the football to him. Like, well, what are you doing? Like, where are you at training camp? Isn't that the whole point is to learn your new team? It doesn't, doesn't add up. And the Rams might be really bad this year. I, this I just, is, yeah. It's not the first time that her podcast has been highlighted for saying <laughs> things about his career and things in the locker room that she shouldn't be saying. And then I'm sure he gets home and goes, what happened? What? What? Why what is there saying this? <laughs> and, and it was weird because the highlight, the, the the headlines, like one I saw said Matt Stafford not connecting with teammates finds it difficult. And I'm like, why would he say that? And I click on it, it's like, well, last week on his wife's podcast, and it's not the first time. And I'm sure, I'm sure at some point they got to have a, a conversation about uh, that, or he just ready. does that, or he just tells her nothing anymore. How was work? Good. Yeah, great love it. <laughs> it's good yeah all right let's do some final thoughts here wesley on the tanking situation what are your thoughts before we call it a show i i think it's a terrible idea um i don't think it's i, I think culture of winning culture of being competitive um uh, i think we've seen you know the, the lions are the sweetheart pick of a lot of people this year to make the playoffs and surprise people dan campbell has a culture of fighting 
playing hard, biting kneecaps, um, whatever it takes to, to be competitive. And they've changed over the last couple of years, even without the best players. Um, yeah. they, they don't have a great quarterback and they've, they've become competitive and they're thought of as competitive, even if they're not necessarily on the field that way. And if they, they're probably one or two players away from like being one of those teams, because everybody in that locker room is willing to fight for each other. And they know that winning is super important to them and their entire organization. I, th I think that's more important and infectious than, uh, than, being okay with losing and be like, Oh, we'll be fine. We'll try next year. For me, I think that this falls into the, you know, the principle of polarities. You have the extremes on both ends. You have the people that are going to go spend every single dime that they have. They're going to trade all draft picks and do whatever they have to, to try to win now. And that's their all in mode. Then on the other pole, the older polar opposite, hence the polarity uh, principle, you have the teams that are trading everyone away, clearing the books and try and create a massive amount of cap space what is the answer? My answer is always the same. It's never on either either polar opposite end. It's in the middle. You know, you like you said, even with Dan Campbell and those crappy teams, he had them fighting hard. You look at Mike Tomlin with the Steelers, who has never had a losing season, and that's and there are some teams that should have had a losing season. You know, you lose Ben Roethlisberger in 2019, they somehow find a way to be in the in the playoff race at the end. You always have that culture, like you mentioned several times in this show. You have that culture of winning, the culture of fighting. That's what you want to breed. That's what you want to have uh, on your team, not this, well, we'll play for next year. Think about what that's stating. So, all right, for Wesley, it's been another great show. We're going to be back next week for a couple new topics. Uh, Wesley, anything else before we go? No, I'm good. Appreciate it. Uh, come, no uh, every, everybody get to listen to other feeds on the network. We've got a lot For of sure. great coverage. Um, NFL season's full in full effect now. And, uh, we want to, to, to hear back from y'all on social media and let's uh, have some conversations about this. Absolutely. You can find the FFSN NFL podcast feed anywhere you get your podcast, just by searching FFSN NFL. You'll hear this show, the call sheet and a whole lineup of shows that are getting ready to start up next week. So make sure you tune in. In the meantime, we'll see you next week.